The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. tribulation period there will be nobody in the tribulation period to spend that if they got saved the first day after the after the rapture there'll be nobody over seven years old i mean think about it everybody's gonna be brand new i would like to have a, a group of people this big group that got saved all at the same time and you had nobody that was older that knew the bible nobody knew the bible i mean they just they just started reading the bible man they started reading the bible but and, 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 you know, they're all reading the Bible and together and trying to figure out what's going on. And I remember them saying something about this. And I remember them saying something because the rapture happens. And it takes all the mature Christians out. In fact, it takes all the Christians out. And for a, a slight, and I think it'll be a very short period of time that nobody will be saved. But then people will be saved. The Bible says they'll be saved in the tribulation period from every tongue, every language, every tribe. that Without number is the sand of the sea. So there's going to be a great ingathering of God during the tribulation period. Not many people talk about that. They talk more about the apostasy of the time, which will be also as great on the other end. But there's going to be a lot of people saved. And those saved people are going to pay for their, they're going to be highly persecuted by the dragon. The dragon and the beast, the false prophet, are going to team up as an unholy trinity, and they're going to try to snuff out anybody that believes in Jesus. To a place you can't even buy or sell unless you have a, a loyalty mark of some kind that you worship the beast. It's not just an economic number. It is a number that you worship this man as God. He sets himself up as God, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. He puts his own image in the Holy of Holies over there in Israel. And so he's going to set himself up as God. And by the way, he'll never he's not duplicated. No man spake like that man. The, the dragon, the Bible says, gives power to the beast. And he's going to speak like nobody's spoken before. He's going to say the things that people have wanted to hear and haven't heard. They wanted to hear. And he's not only going to have that, he's going to have power. The false prophet's going to call lightning fire down from heaven, right in, the, right in the front of the cameras. There'll be no explaining it other than it's divine. The Bible said that God himself will be on their side by sending them strong, by sending everybody there, most of the people there at least, strong delusion that they believe a lie, the lie, that he is God. And, of course, uh, those people have the mark of the beast. The Bible says they cannot be saved. They never could have been saved before the foundation of the world. Their names were not even written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the only group that I know of in the Bible whose names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life are those that take the mark of the beast. They're a special group under the special condemnation of God. Well, this, this chapter, Matthew 25, 31 through, 30 through 40, typically is... The, after chapter 24 and, the, and the, his prophecy in the tribulation, he goes into chapter 25 and he talks about the end of the tribulation period, the qualifying of the people in that went through the tribulation period that lived. By the way, about only a quarter, if I got this right, only a quarter of the population of the world will survive the tribulation. 
it looks to me like three quarters of the population die by the 21 different plagues of God that he puts upon this old world. And if, it wouldn't, if those times wouldn't have been shortened, meaning less than maybe seven years, there would have been no flesh saved. God's wrath would have been complete to where nobody was saved. But there are those folks, and the Christians are going to pay for most of their testimony of Jesus with their head. It's interesting, they're going to, the, the, the favorite mode of execution of the beast is beheading. Isn't it interesting, ISIS and all that, that's their favorite mode of execution is beheading. They're going to behead the Christians, and they're going to set up guillotines all over the place, and however they're going to do it, they may do it with knives, I don't know, but they're going to set it up and have systems of beheading when they find these people won't repent. And then there's going to be, but there's going to be people like there were, there was in Nazi Germany. There's going to be people that have sympathy. And they're not saved, but they have sympathy, and they maybe even haven't taken the mark of the beast because not everybody takes the mark of the beast during the tribulation period. And they they somehow or another have sympathy, and they 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 help those people that are fleeing, that are and God's children. And I'll, I'll explain it as I go a little further into the passage. But tonight, I'm not really talking about the primary definition of that passage, but I'm looking at that passage, and I'm saying to myself, these are the things that please God. Not, not putting it on the people that survived the tribulation, and that is the primary application of that passage and how they qualify to go in the millennial kingdom, the 1,000 years, because there'll be There'll actually be people going to the millennial kingdom. Now, their argument is that everybody goes to the millennial kingdom. They stand before Jesus. They're going to be saved. And if you don't get saved, you stand before Jesus. I, I agree. It could be possible. Everybody going to the millennial kingdom actually is saved. They're saved folks. Uh, but whatever the case is, they're mortal. They're just like you and me. They can, they're going to have die. But, but, but God's going to change the nature of the millennial kingdom, and I can't go any further because of time on that. And so, but this passage, I looked at it in a little different way. I looked at it and said, well, these things that he says and he compliments them on in Matthew 25 are, are things we want to also do. In other words, if, if my dad said to me he liked chocolate, you could be sure of one thing. I'd make sure that I got him some chocolate for Christmas. And don't you listen? Don't you listen to your loved ones when they say something? Like, like you say, you, you, like Brother George, you say, I like a yellow Hummer. So what's your wife do? She gets you a yellow Hummer. Well, I've already caused some problems tonight, I'll tell you what. I, but, uh, but, you know, my wife listens to me when I say I'm careful that I'm around her not to say I like this. Now, I do like a 6-inch stainless 357 Colt Python. But it's not done me any good so far. But anyway, I'm looking. But uh, There's one thing, as you read through the Bible from cover to cover, and I hope, may I say this, I hope, by the grace of God, that you do not grow tired of reading the Bible. Some of us have been reading through the Bible for years and literally decade after decade after decade. And and sometimes the thought will be, I'm going to try something else. But let me tell you, I've seen a lot of people try other stuff, and they, and, and they say, well, I'm going to study one book this year. And they come to me later and say, you know what? I, I missed reading that whole book, missed, missed the whole of it. Because you can study one book and read the whole Bible. I, I, I know you can. Let me challenge you to get back on that board as we have another sign-up for next year and go ahead and read the book and read it all the way through, three chapters a day. Do not let it beat you. 
In fact, covenant that you're not going to eat. That's radical, amen? And I know as Baptists, one thing, you're going to eat. And you make it like I'm not going to eat and I'm not going to go to bed if I don't read my Bible three chapters today. Brother, beat the devil. You ain't going to approach him. Oh, well, if I feel good enough, I'm not sleeping and everything else. But yet, you'll read your newspaper and you'll read your magazines and you'll read your favorite stuff and you'll watch hours of TV and leave the Bible to set. Now think of how God thinks about that. That's his love letter to you. People have literally lost their property, their lives, watched their children slaughtered like cattle in front of them because of this book, for this book. And we have this book, and we're not persecuted. Oh, wow, this sermon's not about that. But I'll tell you what, read it up, sign up. But uh, what are some of the incentives, some of the things that please God? I'm thinking of this time of year I kind of get I kind of get melancholy a little bit. I, I kind of look, look back, and I... I say, okay, the year 2015, I'm coming to the very end of it. Lord, did I, did I do those things which I set goals to do last January or last, end of last year in December? Did, did, were I, was, I, was I willing to pay the price? Did I accomplish those things which I set? Brother, I believe a Christian gets no further than the goals he sets. Somebody say amen. I'll tell you, either you guys are under deep conviction tonight Or something. Smile, or I'm gonna have to leave. But anyway, uh, I mean, really, I mean, we set a goal. Good goals, amen. Good goals. Set good goals, and by the grace of God, He'll help you to make them. Well, in all of those things, of course, is one of uh, the teaching. You can't read through the Bible from cover to cover without seeing God cares about the poor. God cares about the poor. He said in Psalm 82.3, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. He said in Psalm 82, in verse 4 there, deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Proverbs 31.9, he says, open thy mouth, judge righteously, plead the cause of the poor and the needy. This is something a righteous person should do and would do. In Proverbs 29, 7, it says, The righteous consider it the cause of the poor, but the wicked regard it not to know it. In other words, they basically say, I, that depresses me when I find out about it. I don't want to know about it. But the truth is, God said, you need to look around. We need to constantly be as Christians looking for opportunities to really help people. I love what old Dr. David Gibbs said, don't resist an impulse to be generous. And, and, and we're to look. I'm not talking about helping lazy people. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And you'll notice in most of the injunctions in the Bible, it's not about helping men. It's about helping women and children. It's about helping widows and fatherless. There's very little in the Bible. In fact, the Bible takes us men, kicks us in the hiney, and says if you don't support your own, you're worse than an infidel. Is that Bible or what? We, we men don't get much, we don't get a whole lot of mercy from God. Why? He's equipped us with superior intellects. That's not like Conan. 
I was going to get your attention somehow or another, but I, I, I mean, this is the hardest group I've preached in a while. Well, we look in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus, what did, what, did, what did he have to say in Nazareth there? He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and the custom was he went to the synagogue Sabbath day and stood up for to read. If Jesus thought it was good enough to go to church, I think you maybe probably ought to go to church in 2016, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wasn't that too? wouldn't hurt you. Ain't going to hurt you, brother. But I guarantee you, if you don't decide to, the devil's going to pull you off of that. In verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And here's what it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Where are the bus ministry? Where do we get these kids? I'll guarantee you 95% of the kids on that board to come are from poor areas of Bonita Springs, North Naples, and South Fort Myers. They come from poor areas. We had old Brother Hiles' group come by here one time. I'll never forget the leader of that guy. And, and Brother, if any church ever dealt with the bus ministry, it was the Hiles First Baptist Church up there. And, and he says, how do you have a bus ministry in this prosperous of an area? Remember, he's from South Chicago. South Chicago. Ooh, once you've been in South Chicago, you look at this area like this is Beulah land, brother. He said, I, I can't even believe. And here I thought he was going to say to me, you mean to tell me you only got 150 kids coming in? Are you guys not working at all? I thought that's what I was kind of expecting to get that from him. Instead, I get this massive encouragement. He says, you mean to tell me that you can bring in 108? I mean, I don't know what the number was back then. I bring in 108 people in the area with this much prosperity. Why? Because it's the poor that generally receive the gospel. It's the poor that generally receive the gospel that really is. He said, I came to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. Who? The brokenhearted. He sent me to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and are hurt, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The, the sheer biblical statistics are compelling. There's some... The word poor in the Bible occurs some 205 times. 23 times the word poor occurs in the four Gospels alone. One of the things that we want to do as a church and as individuals is to make sure that we are getting to the poor that are real poor and not a bunch of panhandlers. Those are not the people you don't want to enable them people, but you want to help the folks that are in a spot because that pleases God. I want to please God in 2016. How about you? Let's read our passage now with that in mind. Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. That's the end of the tribulation. And before him shall be gathered all nations. He separate them one from another, as the shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. <clears throat> then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom. That's a millennial kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I, I was a hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And you can, you can read in there, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. 
then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when, when do we see thee in hunger, or fed thee, or thirsty, or gave thee drink? When saw we a stranger, took thee in, and naked and clothed thee. They were, they were mystified by that, that, that. He said, I. He said, or when do we, saw that, when do we see you sick or in prison and came to thee? And this verse 40 is impacted. He said, the king answered and said unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. It says in Galatians, do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith, unto my brethren. And we, we, by the grace of God, a lot of what we do here at Gospel is to find people that are less fortunate, that are part of the body of Christ, and bless them and encourage them. One of our ministries here at the Gospel is to encourage less fortunate Christians or his people that are in that, that have need. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I did a little, we did a little thank you for Mrs. Moat's work on this, by the way. Did a little calculations here on the year 2015. Our missionaries come by. Now, if you know anything about missionaries, most of them dead poor. I'm talking about the missionary candidate. Not only are they just newly married like these folks, they don't have anything, haven't collected anything. But now on the top, they're willing to go to a foreign country, and they're going to start traveling around. And a lot of times they come, and <clears throat> many times they receive very little help along the way, and they struggle. But here's what happens when they come to gospel. The Grinsteads come to gospel. We gave them $2,860 for one evening. The uh, uh, Canavan came by gospel, and we gave them $9,000. Uh, Gardeners came, $3,263. Uh, the Henrys, that's Patrick Henry for you. Patrick Henrys came by. We gave them $2,300. Renee, that's the rapper T.J. Renee, he came by and we gave him $3,264. That's over $20,687 for five missionaries who came by. Every one of them, I got to give them the check. Every one of them, I got to see the stunned look on their face. Every one of them, I got to see them, I got to hear them say, I, we had never even imagined getting something like this to come, I said, is this the largest offering you've ever received? Every one of them said, yes, it's the largest offering, by far the largest offering. Now, brother, we've done it to the least of thy brethren. But that's just the beginning. Mission's giving faith promise last year. This is what came in now. This is not Faith promise. See, when I we have mission, most of how many here have been to our missions conference? Raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand. Been to our missions conference. Do you know you torment my soul? Do you know that? I got a beef with you. I'm going to get it out. We have a, we have faith promise during our missions conference. You know, faith promise, faith promise. We put out the slips. We explain what it is. We talk about it. We talk about how God will use faith promise. And I ask you to make your faith promise commitment so we can figure out whether we can continue to support our missionaries or whether we're going to have to reduce them or add or whatever. And your faith promise, I mean, by the end of the week, I have, last year I think I had missed most of what it was about. It was less, it was $40,000, $60,000. I'm going, man, I'm walking around so bummed out I can't even believe it. That was just my faith promise. I said, did nobody else give here to Costco? No, I'm just kidding you, you know. But, I mean, it's about $40,000, $50,000. But the faith promise, what came in 
last year on Faith Promise, even though you guys love to torture my soul. $193,435, Faith Promise. Most churches only count on receiving about 80% of their faith promise. If faith promise is 100,000, they figure that they'll actually receive about 80. We've never been like that, have we, Ms. Moats? We always, on our faith promise, if you say you're going to give 150,000, 170,000 will come in. If you say you're going to give 130,000, 150,000 will come in. Not you folks. You folks give beyond what you say. That's why I believe you're just trying to torture me. Praise the Lord, glory to God, $193,430 went to the missionary. You say, are they poor? They're brethren, and most of them are dead poor. And where are they at? They are helping the poor. How about how about uh, Cotvass? Cotvass down there in Peru. Uh, by the way, the top, Mrs. Whiff went down there and checked that out down there. She said that is a fabulous ministry he's doing. That. She eyeballed that thing. She speaks Spanish. She was down there. He, he did not know she was coming. She just showed up. And so he couldn't prepare, you know, obviously he couldn't put anything on that wasn't, it was just his everyday ministry. She said, it is a fabulous ministry down there, Brother Cotbass, that's working with the deaf down there in Peru. And she says, it's tremendous, Brother, you wouldn't believe. And we've been able to support, we're supporting deaf children that they go to the garbage areas and collect them because nobody wants them. Parents down there have a deaf child, sometimes they just get rid of them and and get, you know, try to, because they can't help them or can't communicate with them, can't teach them to to speak or, or communicate in any way. <clears throat> and it's what Cotbass is doing down there. That's helping the poor, I think. What do you think? And that's not only helping the poor, that's helping the deaf poor. We help the deaf poor. We help through Hope Children's Home, the fatherless. We help through Fort Myers Rescue Mission, those that are on the street tonight with no food. We'll give them food. We help that, that ministry. We're part of those ministries. Total giving in the area of benevolence, an area of, of scholarship fund. Uh, it's not scholarship fund. Oh my, what have we got that on there? In the area of, of, of missions is right around $300,000. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to be part of what Jesus said to do there. How are we helping the poor and the fatherless? We need to be part of that. I, you, most of you know James chapter 1, verse 27, which says, Pure religion undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> In helping the father and wills, he says, oh, by the way, keep yourself unspotted from the world. Don't get mixed up with the world. We are able to help, and we have been helping. We want to help, and I think every one of us needs a goal to get behind people that need help, that are the, especially the brethren, and especially ladies, they're in trouble, and especially the fatherless. They're in trouble. A lot of these kids that we go to, we go after, a lot of the people we meet, they're really, for all practical purposes, they're fatherless. The men, as I told you before, not much said about them. People that are out of work because they won't work at McDonald's or because they can't find a comparable job or because they won't take a minimum wage job or because they have a little backache or something, need to get off their lazy uh, and go to work. Workman's comps almost ruined a generation of people. Almost ruined the generation of people. Unemployment. What is that? Unemployment. My, my parents grew up self-employed. When they didn't have any work, they had no money. That was it. What's that do? 
It motivates you to work. I tried to hire people before, and I said, well, if I go to work, I'll be making less for you than I am on my unemployment. You wonder why we're going bankrupt? You wonder why we got a deficit? You're rewarding laziness? Don't do it. God has a special place for women and children. Exodus chapter 22, 22 says, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. Deuteronomy 10 18 says, he doth, not, he, he doth execute judgment of the fatherless and widow and loveth the stranger uh, in giving him food and raiment. In Deuteronomy 24, 19, it says, when thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, then forget to sheath in the field. Thou shalt not go again to fetch it. Thou shalt be as, that shall be for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widow that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. What he's basically saying there is share. Don't, don't be so tight that you don't share. You've watched Scrooge before. Don't be him, man. Be knowing if you're going to err in anything, you could say, oh, Lord Jesus, I gave too much last year. I'm not talking about all your money. I'm talking about you, your time, your, your talent. You say, oh, Lord, I overgave. I don't think you can outgive Jesus. What about you? I've seen it over and over again. Uh, and Psalm 68, 5, says, The father of the fatherless were to be a judge of widows, and God is God in his holy habitation. Isaiah 1, 17 says, Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. We want to we, we be known and a people that are known that we want to help. You say, well, what, what reward is it that we are, we are conscious or we're looking for, we're trying to help people by the grace of God? What is the reward of that? Well, here's what it is. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21 says, He that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Have you been suffering? Have you been struggling with depression? Have you been struggling with just, I'm just down. I don't know what it is. You know what I see? Sometimes people will be real active in their life and they're helping people in every degree. They're managing a business. All of a sudden, they shut all that stuff down. They, they, they sell it all. And all of a sudden, they are home. They don't particularly have anybody they're helping. And they drop into depression. Brother, don't ever get to a place that you're not helping somebody. I praise God for the people in this church that come to me and say, is there anything we can do? I praise God that people say, is there any widow needs any help? We have people come to me in this church and ask me if, if there's anything they can help with and there's anything they can do. And you know, nine out of ten times, there is some stuff you can do. And some of you are so generous in that. And by the way, the reward of that, you're happy. Happy. Drugs won't make you happy. Drugs not going to make you happy. They're going to do the opposite. But I can tell you one thing. You have mercy on the poor, you'll be happy. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 14.31. Um, he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. When you have mercy on the poor, you honor God, who has given you everything. Uh, do you not have your health tonight because God said so? That's right. In fact, is there anything that you have you've not received? You say, I worked hard in my life, Brother Bill. I've had people tell me this, get indignant about something like this. They'll say, Brother Bill, I work hard. I get up. Who gives you the brain to think? Who gives you the power of your adrenal gland to get up and do it? Who gives you the ability to, to see? Who gives you the ability to hear? Who gives you the ability to walk? It's all God, brother. It's all God. Proverbs 19, 17, he that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, the Lord, I'm adding that word, will pay him again. <laughs> Amen. He said, 
basically what God says to his people, do what I ask you to do. You won't have the barn. You won't have big enough barn. Now, maybe a spiritual blessing. Maybe happy. But, I mean, what's the price of happiness? How much is happiness worth? Doc, people come to you and want to be so happy. And, and, you know, the inward, they're introspective. Oh, we don't need to be looking in the mirror so much. We don't, we don't need to be writing on Facebook, I feel sad today. And have 35 comments under it, we don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but that Facebook thing has just gotten completely out of hand. You got these emotional wrecks getting on there saying, oh, taking selfies, stop the selfie stuff. And whatever you do, don't buy a selfie stick. I watched a YouTube of a guy with a selfie stick rear-end rear the guy in front of him. Bible says in Proverbs 28, 27, he that giveth to the poor shall not lack. He that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. You believe the Bible's true? It says in, in Psalm 41, 1, blessed he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in a time of trouble. Uh, you people that are into investment, you people that are into uh, 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 gaining, the way we gain as Christians is to give. The way we live is to die. That's it. And it's a paradox. How can I make it concrete? Well, our Christian school. Do you know about 30% of our Christian school is, 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 is due to the fact that we're benevolent to poor families that no way in the world could they afford to put their kid in Christian school? There ain't no way in the world that they come here, they're saved, they want to put their kid in Christian school, and we just say, you just go ahead and do it. And by the grace of God, maybe he'll help us make it happen. And God has helped us over and over and over and over and over. Mrs. Most will call me and she'll say, oh, Brother Bill, we just got $25,000 from Mary Cott. Man, I didn't even know Mary Cott had $25,000. She died and left us $25,000. Oh, Brother Bill, we just got a check for $200,000 from Mrs. Carr. Oh, Brother Bill, we just got, and you know what that is? I know exactly where it's coming from. Because we, in simple faith, just try to obey the Bible. We're not here to get. We're here to give. We're here to give. We are to be a channel for God to be able to flow through us to help other people by the grace of God. Listen, dying broke, having given everything you had pretty much, isn't such a bad way to live. We pay rent for people, utility bills, food, clothing, shelter, small kids we help. We find cars for single moms so they don't get ripped off. Go to some of these pay here, buy here places. You know what goes on there. Ladies, I don't know if you know this, but when a car salesman, we have one here tonight. We have a couple car salesmen here tonight. When a car salesman sees a woman walk up to a car lot, they do this. I'm going to make some money today. They play on your ignorance. Not all women are ignorant about cars.
but many do not understand them. Consequently, get ripped off. And uh, we can help you buy them. If I, if I, some of you old people trading a car and they're not going to give you anything for it. You can donate it to Gospel Baptist. Get some sort of a tax deduction. And then we'll be able to get it to a single mom. What a better way to go with an old car that, I mean, don't give us a, <laughs> if, if it's no good, have them come and pick it up and take it to the junkyard. But if it's still got a decent motor and a decent transmission, mainly the motor and transmission, we can fix some of the rest of the stuff. And what we do is if you give us that car, we'll take it down and get it all fixed up, make sure it's roadworthy. And then oftentimes we'll give it to a single mom or sell it to her for just the price it costs the church to fix it, making no money whatsoever. Sometimes it's $1,000. Sometimes it's 500 bucks. Sometimes, but boy, it's a better deal than she'll ever dream again. We have, I can't tell you how many cars have come through the church through the years, many cars. Because you've been generous and said, man, I go down there. They're not going to, by the time they, well, you know, you go to a used car lot. By the time they shuffle the numbers, they get your car for free. They rip, I mean, them people down there, oh, don't even start on me. The key, I believe biblically, is to do those things which pleases God. When I was hungry, you got me some food. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. You with me? It's, it's Matthew 25, 31, and 40 taken in the way that looking at what made, the, which I believe that's Jesus speaking there, no doubt. He said, these are the things that really made me happy with you. And they said, well, we don't remember doing that to you at all. But he said, oh, no, you did it. when you And look at when you did it to the least of, of these, my brethren. When you do it to that little tyke and you, you help that little tyke out or you help a single mom that's saved out or you try to do something. Then that, Jesus said, you're doing that for me. Boy, there's no better, more, more, no more fun in the world. And by the way, <laughs> I want to be on the giving side of that. I don't want to be on the receiving side of it. I want to be, it's more, it is truly more blessed to give than receive, amen? You really do get happy from giving. You really do sleep better if you give. You really do have more peace of mind if you give. Giving's the way to live. Nobody's asking you to give to where you can't do or can't function. But as God has blessed you, helped you, because it's everything about him, really, it's everything. But it's just like giving to Jesus. Through the years here, and I'm, I'm finishing up, I'm, I'm circling the airport. <clears throat> but I, right now my landing gear won't come down. Through the years here at the gospel, I have watched this. 35 years I've had the blessing of watching this happen. We needed a new roof on McKinney Hall, and we didn't have the money. And Hurricane Andrew came by. The worst of it, of course, is on the other coast. It came through here and blew off a spot of shingles. I mean, literally a spot of shingles, probably like that, on McKinney Hall. Just a spot. Didn't take off the paper under it, and didn't leak. But just took the shingles off. Well, we thought, we thought that we'd just have to buy some old miscolored shingles and put them on there. Insurance company said, oh, no, no. We're going to replace your whole roof for free? They said, well, yeah, that's what you got insurance for. We'll replace the whole roof because we want to make sure they all match. 
Well, you know, the old World War II boys, they put five, six different colored shingles on there. They wouldn't think a thing about it. But the insurance company had better standards than that. I'll never forget what happened. You may have heard this story, but, we, you know, a guy with an insurance company, and they have a, an adjuster comes by. An adjuster comes by, and he says, I got a guy. I, I It's going to be $9,000 to re-shingle McKinney home. It was 23 years ago. And he said, it would be $9,000 to re-shingle McKinney Hall. And, and, we, and I thought, okay. He says, but I got a really good shingle guy. He does good work. And I said, well, give us his name. We'll get a couple bids. Give us his name. And he said, well, this guy, I highly recommend this guy. So the guy came by, and guess what his bid was? $9,000, just exactly what the, what the adjuster said that they would, they would allow for the roof to be done. I was born at night, but not last night. I thought, that can't be. They're in cahoots. That's a word in the Greek you find, cahoots. They're in cahoots together. And I said, these guys, let's get us another bid. Well, we got PGR roofing, which is done, by the way, all of our roofing since then, which is a relative of, who's, who's he a relative of? Huber. That's right, relative of Huber. Honest guy. Honest man. And he came over and got us a bid. He said, I can do that roof with an upgraded 25-year shingle, da-da-da-da-da. I can do that roof for 4500 bucks. For me, it was 4000 And I said, oh, really? I said, is that, are you making money? You're not cutting us a special deal for the church? No, he says, I'm, I'm just a fair price. He said, $4,000, so many a square. There's 48 square. He said, that's, that's a fair price. It's a going price. He said, I'd like to do it for that if you have me do it. I says, okay. I called the insurance company up and says, you got to fire your adjuster because he's in cahoots with the other guy. And they did. They investigated it and fired him. And we sent the money back. We sent them $3,500 or $4,000 check back. They didn't even know what to do with it, how to put it back in the accounting system. They said, what are you doing sending us money back? And we said, well, we didn't use it. We only used the $4,500. Brother, I just believe if you do what's right when nobody can see, God will take care of you. And I'm telling you from experience as well as the Bible. We needed, our, we needed this old nasty thing out here. It was all beat up with holes and everything. It's going to be $25,000. The black topic, some old German old boy, couldn't hardly speak English, short guy. Can't remember his name right now. He came up to me on this. Uh, I want to do something for the church. That's a terrible German accent. <laughs> I want I want to do something for the church. Well, anyway, I said, "What do you want to do?" <laughs> and he says, "I I just want to give you some pavers. I'm thinking a sidewalk, fourteen thousand square feet of pavers. Dump truck after dump truck after dump truck drops them off. And I says, well, how? He says, I'll lay them for you for $2,000 total. Brought 25 guys, two saws, and about four days laid everything you see around here. Folks, that was 60 plus thousand dollars worth of pavers. And I, you, you do not want me to keep going because I'll just keep going with time after time after time that God, out of the blue, has just come down and given us help. Why? Because we want to make him happy by giving and giving when his people come by and we can help his people over in the neighborhoods there and get the word of God out to the poor 
and try to help them. And we're looking and trying to help people. And yes, sometimes we get taken. People always ask me, do you once in a while get taken? Sure I do. Sure I do. It's not easy to get me. But once in a while, they ought to get a they ought to get an Oscar for their act. Probably get taken once in a while. Give money people shouldn't give it to, but don't want to. But, but, but when the Holy Spirit won't stop me on it, we go ahead and do it. And God blesses us. You, you read Matthew 25, 31 through 40 and tell me, what makes Jesus happy? Do it. Find out what makes him happy and do it. That's just one thing. That's one area that he tells us. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the end of the year. Thank you for this time we remember. Thank you. We pray, Father, we'd be generous in every way we can be generous. God forbid if we get like the old Scrooge where he just uh, gets to get and has to have and doesn't care about those around him. Father, what a penalty there is for that. Father, help us as the body of believers not to lose our generosity, our reputation for being generous as well. And I hope, Father, by the name of in the name of Jesus, we have a reputation for generosity in heaven. Father, thank you for blessing us and helping us and bestowing upon us as to the place where really we've not been able to outgive you. Thank you for teaching us the right way and the true way, the high way. In Jesus' name we pray. There could be.